What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of HMA, Home Mat Advantage Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I am Jacob Hugley, and I'm joined today by Mr. Dyson Gould. How's it going, Dyson? Good. How about yourself? Pretty good, man. Just uh, trying to survive this quarantine. Got a, it's pretty, pretty depressing when you have a wrestling mat at home and nobody to wrestle with. Like, I'm staring at my wrestling mat in my basement, and I have nobody that will wrestle with me. So, I, uh, I got the itch going, man. Especially after everything happened, NCAs and Olympics, and yeah. Uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts on all that? I think it, I think it sucks, but you know, if they, I think I, Brock Zacho said this. Uh, if it, if it saves one life, it's worth canceling it. So I mean, I mean. It sucks they had, that they did that, but I mean, they did what they had to do. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, especially, I especially the Olympics. I had, I thought there was like a zero percent chance of that happening because being international, there's no way Japan would want pe- like ten thousand people from other countries coming in to their country. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I, I was getting real. Like, I, I go to NCAA's every year. I've been going for this would have been nine years, and so it's my trip. I love it. So much fun. And it got close to like, you know, it was like right after big tens and all the, all the stuff's coming out about the virus. And I started getting real nervous. Um, it's like, surely it won't happen. It won't happen. They're not going to cancel it. And then they came out and said no fans. And I was just like heartbroken, like so upset. And then I was like, you know what, whatever. I already took the days off of work. I'm still just going to, I'm going to keep my days off work. I'm going to hunker down in the basement and just like set up 10 monitors and just watch wrestling all day. And uh, I was like, whatever, it'll be fine. And then they came out and just straight canceled it. And it's like, oh, no. And then you probably just went home and cried like yeah, all, all day like I did. It was, yeah, it was awful. But uh, like you said, like at the end of the day, you know, after I mourned my NCAAs for like a day, I was like, you know what? It's uh, It makes sense. Like it shouldn't shouldn't be happening. Like I get it. I just I wish they would have at least came out and like and postponed it, you know. Even yeah, if, they didn't. They didn't give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, even if they ended up canceling it, which you know they got to do what they got to do, at least come out and be like, everything's postponed until further notice. You know, we'll let you guys know if we can do it, or and we might just have to cancel everything. Cause, yeah. I mean, what's it gonna hurt to push this? I mean, it'll it'll hurt a lot, but like, <laughs> we could we could push this thing back and do it in July. You know, heck with it. Do it in July. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'll be there. Wrestle it outside and on a football field in July. Hey, that'd be cool. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so we've uh, you know, we've been sitting around quarantine for a couple of days, or not a couple of days. I guess a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, the morning NCAs and the Olympics is now postponed for a year and all that kind of stuff. And I was just thinking the other night, I was like, man, it'd be fun to at least talk about it again you know like I never got a chance like I looked at the brackets before but I never got a chance to sit down and make picks and think about matchups and at least fantasize about what could have been because it was like the day after it was like the day after the brackets came out that because usually I'm like printed I print them and stuff and it was like the day that brackets came out that day they canceled they said no fans and like the day after they canceled it so I didn't really get a chance to like print them out and like fill out my brackets and actually look into it and stuff. Yeah, oh, I'm right there with you. I 
I was so excited that night. I was actually at wrestling practice and watched the bracket release show. And so like, I'm in the middle of like drilling doubles with my kids. And then I would like, I'm actually wrestling with them. And so I'll go out there and like wrestle like a match and then come over and check out the 125 bracket and then go back and wrestle and then come back and check the 133. And uh, so I was, it was awesome. And I got home and the first thing I did when I got home was print them all off. And then I was like, you know, that's like, this is going to be cool. I was like, I don't want to get too into it and like, you know, ruin all the fun the first night. So I didn't do them that night. And uh, I was like, you know, I'll do them like tomorrow night. Like, that'd be fun. Just wait till tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, the next day they canceled it or they, they said no fans and then they canceled it. Like, and I just never ended up doing them. I was so. sitting in school and I just saw everything getting canceled, NBA, uh, NCA and stuff, basketball. And then I uh, eventually saw – and then when I got home, I saw the wrestling and then I got real sad. Yeah, it sucked. But, uh, but anyway, so the whole point of this thing – and you know, I, I shot you a text last night and talked about it and you're, you know, as game as I was about it because – when there's no wrestling going on, I feel like us wrestling people get kind of crazy. I want to just talk about wrestling. So we, uh, we decided that what we're going to do is we're going to do five shows. Um, and each show we're going to do two brackets. So we're going to break down two brackets at a time and talk about all the matches, um, even some of the backside matches and, you know, who our all Americans are, who our finalists are, um, and you know good matches all that kind of stuff and uh i guess just take some time to talk wrestling and have fun so uh we're gonna do 125 and 133 today uh that sound good to you sounds good all right man yeah i had fun going through and making picks for these like yeah so one of the it's like an advantage and a disadvantage is, is obviously that it won't happen right or that it's probably not going to happen um because you know they could surprise us with a christmas present and reschedule it if you're listening in cas please do that but um that's not gonna happen so uh you know we, we can be creative but at the same time like we know, we don't know if anything's gonna happen because like i was talking to you before we started recording and you know we're talking like there's always those huge upsets you know, you yeah. always have the like two seed go down around one or something like that. And it it's impossible to predict that, you know? So I mean, you can sit here and say, Oh, Christian Moody takes out Pat glory in round one. And everybody on the planet is going to think we're crazy. And I think it's crazy because I don't think it would ever happen, <laughs> but you know, in reality, something like that would actually happen in NCAAs. So yeah, like, no. even if you uh, pick the upsets uh, in your when you're filling out the brackets, you're probably not gonna get the upsets right. You're probably it's probably gonna be a bigger upset, or maybe I, it's just gonna be a different upset. And there's yeah. so many upsets, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so I mean, I actually went through and, and tried to pick this exactly how I thought it was gonna be, you know, how it was gonna play out. Um, but I did. There was a couple matches, especially like some of the big ones, where I. You know, I could have went either way. I couldn't decide and, you know, ended up just going with my gut and, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about it and argue about a couple of them, but uh, we'll get to it. So let's go ahead and start. Let's start at 125. Um, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to throw 
our brackets up on the screen for everybody to see that is watching the video. Um, and if you are watching the video, hold on one second. All right, Dyson, can you see my screen? Yep. Cool. Um, all right, so if you are watching the video, awesome. You'll be able to see all this stuff. If you are not, um, then it will be on the HMA website. Um, so you can go to the, uh, hmawrestling.com and find our video on there and actually watch it so you can see our bracket as we talk about it. Um, and we'll probably post it out on, on Twitter, on social media, so you guys can see it. Um, but if you're just listening on podcast form, good for you too. We're gonna, still going to talk about it. So, um, 125. We're just going to kind of briefly run through this this first round because um, we ended up actually both picking everything the same this first round. Um, so if you're watching on, on video, then you can see my bracket up on the screen. Um, and what I want to say is, obviously, over to the left, you got AAs. So those are my AAs. And uh, the, the purple names are actually the names where me and Dyson differ. Um, so there's my bracket. I'm just going to show it for a second so everybody can see it. Um, and then we will click over to Dyson's. Uh, so here's Dyson's, but uh, go ahead and going through it. If we look at the bracket, um, what are what are some big round one matchups that you see, Dyson? Uh, definitely uh, Schwarm Aguilar with uh, 17 seed, 16 seed. I really like that one. Uh, Schwarm's been just pinning everyone this year. Aguilar's real tough. But I end up. Yeah. We both picked Schwarm, and I think it's, I just. Uh, very dominant this year, picking or pinning everyone. Yeah, so I mean, it. I think that's an awesome match. I think that's honestly probably the best first round match. Um, just because you know Aguilar is a is a freshman at Rutgers that has stepped into the lineup and has kind of had his it took his lumps at the beginning of the year, but uh, you know really started kind of amping up towards the end of the year and doing really well. Um, had some impressive wins. And then on the other side of that, you got Jacob Schwarm, who has was a pinning machine this year. Um, at one point, he had like 14 pins out of 17 wins, I think. Um, and, and so he just was a monster. Um, he actually ended the season with the most pins in college wrestling, um, which is pretty cool. Good for good for the Panther train up there. Um, but both Dyson and I did take Schwarm, um, and you know who knows, probably a cradle. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm picking Swarm there. Um, the next one that I wanted to talk about, just kind of like stepping down, um, right down to the next match is number nine, Brandon Courtney against number 24, Patrick McKee. Um, Patrick McKee is a guy that, if healthy, is way better than a 24 seed. Um, he was 17 and eight on the year, but he took some losses at the end of the year because of an injury. Um, so honestly, I mean, I don't know what you think, but I I'm thinking if we had a he healthy Pat McKee that, you know, never got hurt, didn't take the losses he shouldn't have taken. I'm thinking he's probably, you know, around that like eight, nine, 10 seed like Brandon Courtney. Yeah. Like you said, he just took a couple bad losses, uh, late in the year because of, uh, injuries. Uh, like, yeah, uh, I think he lost to Meredith of Penn state at big tens in the first round, I believe. Did he, did he go 0-2 at? Uh, big tens um i believe so 
Yeah, I think, like you said, if we have a healthy uh, McKee, it could be a real good match and possibly even a win for him. Yeah, but, uh, you know, with that being said, with the the obviously, you know, not healthy, you know, having some health concerns going on there, um, I think we both ended up picking Brandon Courtney. Um, you know, the Sun Devils had a pretty good year this year. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to watch him at the uh, UNC Arizona State duel because um, I live a mile away from from the arena and you know, ride my bike over there. Um, and so it was really cool to see him. He had a really good match, and um, he's a guy that I think is uh, is pretty good. You know, he could he could be poised for some upsets, but uh, I didn't pick any. So uh, after that, the next one. Speaking of upsets, uh, jumping down one more match is Fabian Gutierrez um, and Michael Diagostino. Um, Gutierrez of Chattanooga, 18 and nine on the year, uh, but has had some really good matches. And, and as I was talking with Dyson before, and one of the matches that stands out immediately, if you watched a lot of college wrestling this year, um, is Spencer Lee's first match on the year was actually against Chattanooga against Gutierrez. And they went all three periods. Um, and I, I don't remember the exact score, but I really, I want to say it was like eight Oh, or nine, one, or like, it was barely a major, um, which, you know, Spencer Lee, Spencer Lee. And that was the first match of the season and he ended up going crazy the rest of the year. But I think there's something to say for going three periods with Spencer Lee. So, uh, what do you think about him? Yeah. Uh, like you said, first match of the year, I was actually at that match at uh, Carver. Uh, went the th- whole three periods with uh, Spencer. And, I, yeah, like you said, it was uh, barely, a, barely a major. It was probably like – I th- think it was like 11-3, 11-4, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a good match by Gutierrez, and he definitely uh, – a possible upset there against D'Augustino. Yeah, and, I mean, neither one of us picked it, um, but it's definitely something that I, I considered. Um, D'Augustino has had a really good year this year. He he stepped in when Sebastian Rivera was, you know, a little overweight and couldn't make 125. Um, and then, you know, as as we we watch the year unfold, and we've if you've seen any of the FRL interviews with Seabass, um, he you know he was intent on going down to 125 and getting that rematch with Lee. Um, and then D'Agostino stepped in and started just kicking the crap out of people. Um, and you know that combined with being really hard to make 125, obviously. Um, Sebastian just ended up opting to stay at 133. He thought it was better for the team because of how well D'Agostino had been wrestling. Um, but, you know, that's that's definitely a matchup that we would have loved to watch in that first round. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. Uh, I'm going to stop circling these because it's not really able to – they're not showing up very well. Um, but after that, actually, there's a couple more that I wanted to talk about. Um, real briefly, right below that, we got number five, Devin Schroeder, uh, and number 28, Dak, Jackson Desario. Uh, the only reason that I wanted to talk about this one is because uh, Desario is a Georgia boy, and I actually grew up and wrestled in Georgia. Uh, and so he, he grew up and wrestled at a high school 30, 45 minutes from me. Um, and I remember watching him wrestle uh, when I was coaching down in Georgia, and he was a three-time state champ in Georgia and was just – phenomenal wrestler I thought that he was going to do you know really big things in college um I didn't I didn't see him actually going to a school as big as Stanford 
Um, but I'm really glad he got in. And then this year, um, I think uh, the 125 at Stanford, um, I'm blanking on his name. I'm going to say Townsell. Yeah. Gabe Townsell. Um, he, uh, he ended up getting injured at the beginning of the year and not being able to compete. And so, you know, true freshman Jackson Desario is thrust into the lineup um, for Stanford and 21 and nine making the NCAA tournament as a freshman. Um, you know, no matter how this tournament ends up for him, I think that's, that's something to be said. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like uh, you said, uh, true freshman, uh, or freshman getting thrown into the lineup, uh, just kind of abruptly with an injury is pretty impressive being able to qualify for the national tournament. Yeah. I mean, especially like the record really stands out to me because you think of a true freshman thrown into the lineup, like not planning on wrestling and all of a sudden you're there, you know, we've heard a lot of stories about guys like that ended up being 500 or under 500. I mean, I've heard, I've heard stories of, you know, really, really big wrestlers that really good wrestlers that were thrown in their first year and, you know, didn't do well at all. Um, and so 21 and nine, pretty good. Um, unfortunately yeah. it's not good enough to, to be the guy as red hot as Devin Schroeder has been this year. Um, so we both took Schroeder one in that match. Jumping down to the next one, Justin Cardini, Cardini um, of Illinois and Alex Mackle. Um, we both took Alex Mackle. I don't know a whole lot to say there. Um, Mackle's been good for a long time at Iowa State, and um, I think he's a little too much for Cardini. Um, do you have any other insight on that one? No, not really. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and after that, um, actually a guy I really like at 13 um, is Luke Werner. Uh, Luke Werner is a junior from Lockhaven, um, and he's a 13 seed. He's taken on the 20 seed Gage Curry of American. Um, Werner, actually, a lot of people don't know. You know, the reason I know a lot of these names is because I did the fantasy all year, and I constantly did rankings and, and saw these guys' stats. And Werner, a lot of people don't you know, know the name maybe because he didn't have great years before. Um, but he actually was redshirting this year, just a normal red shirt. Um, and a little bit into the year, he was just decking folks at open tournaments. And so like I was following him and, and in fantasy wrestling, um, you can start people that are redshirting, not Olympic redshirting, but regular red shirts do count for fantasy points. And so he's a guy that I had in my lineup all the time because he, they would send him to some open tournament, you know, the Missouri state open or something. And he would just pin the crap out of people, tech people. Like he just handled people. Um, and so Bach Haven ended up just saying, you know what, this is a guy that could possibly all American let's throw him back in. Um, and I'm glad they did. So he had a great year. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna beat up on, on Gage Curry of American. Is that what you got? Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and then number four, Edwin Thompson of Nebraska. Um, his name's Alex Thompson, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I think the Flow guys talked about how they changed his name in this bracket. I don't know if like that's his real name or yeah or what. But uh, how you got this one going? I got I got Mueller. Uh, Thompson's a tough wrestler. Uh, he was able to. Well, he. Uh, he didn't. He didn't push Spencer, but he. I mean, I think Spencer got a little bit of trouble with him, if I remember correctly. But and uh, Miller coming off a big loss to Camacho at ACDCs, I, I think. Uh, I think it'd be a decent match between uh, Thompson and Mueller. But I gotta go Mueller. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think Thompson's a lot better than the record shows. Um, he, he really is a, is a sturdy wrestler. He's, he does a lot of things right. And I think he's going to be good in the long run. Um, but as a freshman, he's not going to be anywhere close to, you know, senior Jack Mueller, um, returning NCAA finalist and, you know, Jack Mueller in the last two years, his only two losses are Spencer Lee in the national finals and Jacob Camacho in the ACC finals, um, which nobody saw coming. Um, but you know, a lot of people are really high on, on Camacho, um, like me and you. So, yeah, that was a, that was a cool match to watch. What'd you think about that match? I thought it was, uh, I didn't watch it live, but I watched it on uh, YouTube. I thought I had like, I knew who Camacho was. I think he might have actually been on my fantasy team because I needed a 25, so I just picked him up. I had no idea who he was. But then now, like, he 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 beat up Mueller pretty pretty good. Like, uh, takedowns and uh, even got some back points in there and stuff. And uh, he, he dominated him pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he, like, silently had a really good year. Uh, I think the yeah. reason that a lot of people didn't hear much about him is because every time he got hot, every time he started winning matches, he would drop one that was, like, head-scratcher. And so, you know, he didn't end up getting the hype that he deserved, but he's very good, and he's somebody to watch out for, um, even in this bracket. And so, I, yeah, I picked Mueller, too. Um, you know, I, it's hard not to pick Mueller. Uh, jumping down, Nick Piccinini, number three, and then 30 seed, Logan Griffin of Michigan State. Um, pretty easy for me here. Piccinini, Piccinini's looked really good this year. Um, his only two losses on the year are to the one and two seed, Spencer Lee and Pat Glory. Um, what are your thoughts on Pitch coming in to the tournament? I'll just have to agree with everything you said there. Just uh, obviously going to take Pitch and uh, just look good the whole season pretty dominant just losing to glory and uh lee yeah yeah he's you know he's gonna win this match by bonus points um after that jack medley and trey is it shallow no I, I have no idea sorry trey if you're listening but uh yeah dm me and tell me how to say your name i would love to say it right <laughs> but uh yeah so jack medley is actually a, a guy that's another one that's records a lot better than it shows um you know, fun fact, Jack Medley is the only guy this year that Spencer Lee did not uh, bonus um, the first time. And so he actually tech-falled him the second time. Uh, but the only match that Spencer Lee did not bonus this year was against Jack Medley. Um, and so, you know, Medley had a really good year. Um, and, you know, he, he wins this match for me um, and, and for you as well, right? Yeah. Cool. Jumping down, Michael Kolioko, number 11 seed versus number 22 seed, Liam Cronin of Indiana. Uh, Kolioko, freshman, very, very highly touted freshman. And he he has a lot of high hopes. Um, he, he did really well on the freestyle scene um, and has done very well in his, his first year in college. Um, he, he did drop a match at uh, at the conference tournament last week or the week before, you know, this is supposed to go down. Um, he, he was actually winning the match by like three or four points or something like that. It ends up getting just caught and pinned. Um, he got thrown, didn't he? I'm not sure. Who did he lose to? Uh, I can't remember. It was like. Do you remember where he's from? 
no. <laughs> it was somebody – it was out of nowhere. Like, it was, it was one of the lower-ranked guys. Oh, it's going to kill me. Uh, yeah, but he ends up getting thrown on his head and pinned. Um, and, you know, he, he should have been the, the conference champ that weekend. But, you know, stuff happens. So, I got Kolioka winning this one. Um, how about you? I got Kolioka as well. Cool, cool. Um, this is one you talked about, so I don't know if you want to want to take it away here um, on this next match. Yeah, uh, I just think uh, Heinzelman number twenty-seven, uh, Heinzelman number six, Hildebrandt. I think it's a sneaky good matchup because yeah. Heinzelman he's another one of guys. Uh, his records probably he's a little bit better than his record shows. So uh, things are still maybe a little bit undersized for the one twenty-five possibly, and he's real quick, and fast, uh, very. He was highly talented coming out of high school and just really hasn't uh, hit the, made a big jump in uh, college yet. And I think he he's uh, definitely worthy of an upset right there of a number six Hildebrandt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's definitely a place where we could see an upset. Um, however, I don't think it's going to happen. Hildebrandt's looked really good this year. Um, he's a guy that's kind of – had the potential over his college career and never really like seized the day, never really actually, um, you know, rounded into form like we'd liked him to see, uh, we would have liked to see from him. Um, but he had a really good year this year, 31 and three. Um, and I, I really do see him doing well in this tournament. Um, but you know, this is, this is a, a big tournament. There's a lot of, a lot of really good guys in it and, you know, except for one guy, eventually everybody's got to lose. Um, so next one, jump it down. We'll go a little bit quicker to try to round up this first round. Uh, but Brandon Patesel of Lehigh, Corbin Mink of Campbell. Uh, I got Patesel in this one. How about I you? Do. I do as well. Yep. Uh, and patesel has been good this year. Uh, and, you know, I, I see him winning this one. 23, Joe Mancio of Colorado and number 10, Jacob Camacho that we've talked about a little bit. Uh, we both got Camacho winning this match in the first round. Uh, Camacho comes in the 10 seed, even though he did take out the four seed Jack Mueller in the ACC finals. Um, he looked great in the ACC finals. I mean, I, I know you said you didn't get to watch it live, um, but I actually did. And I, I just kept remember, I remember the whole time I'm watching, I kept thinking, all right, that's fine. Mac Mueller's still going to get him. Mueller's still going to get him. Like, there'd be takedown Camacho, back points Camacho. I'm like, oh, whatever. Mueller's still going to win. Mueller's still going to win. Yeah, and I, think he just, I think he just broke him towards the end he, then because he was just getting easy takedowns. Yeah, he just he suffocated him. I mean, it, it, was, it was a beatdown. And, like, Mueller just didn't look himself. Um, and, I mean, not, not taking anything away from Camacho because Camacho wrestled great. Um, yeah. Camacho beat the brakes off him. But it – Mueller just he looked yeah he looked broken I mean after the first you know two takedowns or back points or, or whenever it happened at some point he just kind of gave up um but you know it uh, it happens and and lightning lightning can strike once anywhere um uh, but who knows if it would happen again after that 15 killing Cardinal and 18 Joy Prada. Cardinal from Old Dominion and Prada from Virginia Tech this is another one to actually silently, like quietly a good match. Um, who do you got here? I know you talked about kind of going back and forth on this one. 
Yeah, I end up uh, picking Cardinal, but I really thought about picking Prada, but uh, just had to. I end up going with the higher seeded guy, going with Cardinal in the end. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. I ended up going with Cardinal. Um, I just like you. I think he could go either way. I think Joey Prada is one of those guys that's kind of upset potential every time he steps on the mat with a big guy. But uh, at the end of the day, Cardinal's had a really good season for Old Dominion, and I just chose to go with him. And then at the bottom, uh, Pat Glory, Christian Moody. Pat Glory's going to win here, probably by Tech. Um, and that'll round out our first round. So after that second round, we're going to go through uh, a tad bit quicker. Um, it, when we get back up to the top, um, we've got Lee versus Schwarm in the to- on the top of the bracket. Uh, you know, I think we all know who's going to win here. It's going to be Spencer Lee, but you know, watch out for a swarm cradle. I'm not saying it could happen, and I definitely don't think it could happen. But uh, you know, swarm's a guy that's always got a pinner's chance. Be cautious. Watch out for the cradle. But yeah, you, I'm not it's, saying it's going to happen. Just just watch for it. It's yeah, it's not going to happen. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. It's just a different kind of guy, you know. Those guys that are that are pinners that can always end a match. Um, those are dangerous guys, you know. It, it's I'm not worried about a guy, you know, against Spencer Lee. That's that's a point guy that's always going to win by one point or two points. I'm not worried about that guy, right? I'm worried about the guy that's looking constantly for a pin the entire time and has the ability to get it. And again, I'm picking Spencer Lee here, obviously, but. Yeah, that's definitely a guy like Schwarm. So um, I actually have him doing pretty well in this tournament. But uh, but there's that match. Um, jumping down, we got uh, Courtney versus Diagostino. Um, who you got here? I got Diagostino, but uh, I think uh, Courtney. He's a. I think he could definitely win this match. Uh, eight eight uh, seed Diagostino, nine seed Courtney. Uh, as the seeds show, they're very close. So. But I'll have to go with uh, Diagostino in the end. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, same for me, man. I uh, I think Diagostino has had a good year this year, and and uh, he's on a little bit of a higher level than some of the other guys. So I agree with you. Um, after that, what do you think about Schroeder Mackel? Uh I think I think it's another uh, sneaky good match. I, the seeds don't show it like uh, maybe Courtney Diagostino does, but I think Mackel, he's a tough guy. Uh, done well at Iowa State. Uh, I think I think he can uh hang with Schroeder, maybe maybe pull off an upset, but uh gotta go with Schroeder. He's, uh, he's on fire lately. Yeah, me too. I uh I think Mackel's one of those guys also, you know, that throughout his career has had a lot of potential and has been really good. Um but just never been able to really get those marquee wins. Um and and a guy like Schroeder that's been on fire all year um out of that Purdue squad that has been killing it all year. Um, I'm pick Schroeder as well. And then jumping down, we have uh, Werner. So Luke Werner and Jack Mueller. Um, right here, I'm not going to pick it, but this is another place where I'm saying it, it depends on the Mueller that we get, right? So if we get the Mueller that we're used to seeing over the last couple of years, Mueller takes care of business, no problem. Um, and that's what I picked. But I will say that, that Luke Werner is – is a guy that I'm really high on that has done really well this year. Lockhaven super high on, obviously pulling him out of red shirt. 
Um, you know, you, you only pull a dude out of red shirt like that. If you think that there's a possibility where he could be an all American. Um, and I do, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities for Werner. Um, so it, it's not going to happen. Um, I'm not picking it, but this is where I could definitely see if we get the Jack Mueller that showed up to the Camacho match last week, you better watch out for Luke Werner in this round. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, like you said, uh, they're not going to pull the red shirt if they don't believe that he can be an All-American. And you said earlier that he was just blowing through open tournaments, so they decided to pull his red shirt. So that shows that he's dominant. And uh, But I'll have to go with the most, most consistent uh, Mueller. Yeah, absolutely. After that, jumping down, we got Nicholas Piccinini uh, and Jack Medley. Medley from Michigan. Again, he's been great this year. But uh, this is this is where it stops. Um, Nick Piccinini ha- has looked phenomenal this year outside of his two losses. Um, and, and I really I- – I only believe that there's three dudes in this weight that can beat Piccinini. Um, and that's, you know, Glory, Mueller. Um, actually, two guys. There's only two guys I see. Wait, three. Glory, Mueller, and Lee, obviously. Um, but uh, I think those are really the only three dudes that – they can hang with pitch. Um, so I got pitch over medley. Yeah, I think, uh, I think pitch and you can definitely open it up on medley and I think he'll definitely win this match. Yeah. Um, next one, we're coming to our first disagreement. Um, so we've got Kolioko versus Hildebrandt. So I picked Kolioko, you picked Hildebrandt. Why'd you pick Hildebrandt? Uh, I just think he's uh, more consistent, maybe. Uh, Kolioko's still a younger uh, freshman, maybe uh, not as experienced and uh, doesn't, ha- doesn't have an- enough experience yet, Yet, I guess, and he's still still young. Hildebrand's been around a couple years. Uh, I would go with uh, – that's why, that's why I picked Hildebrand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I went back and forth on this one, um, and at the end of the day, I just – I, there's always, there's always, you know, there's always the freshman that stands out that, that gets stuff done. Um, and, and this bracket, there's possibility of that happening multiple times. Um, but I, I've really liked following Kolioko this year. He's had a really good year. He does have seven losses. Um, but you know, one of them, he got caught. It happens to everybody. Um, and the other ones, you know, he took his freshman lumps. Uh, this is a guy that I think is really good it, it pushes for an all-American spot this year. Um, and I think both these guys push for an all-American spot. And, you know, it, it could go either way. At the end of the day, I just ended up, you know, going with the freshman and and uh, hoping that he can pull it off. So I have Kolioko beating Hildebrandt. You have Hildebrandt beating Kolioko. Uh, after that, next one we get down to, um, we actually both picked this upset. Um, Patel. Brandon Patel is the number seven seed. Jacob Camacho is the number 10 seed. And both of us went Jacob Camacho. Um, I know that I went Jacob Camacho 100% based off of that Jack Mueller match last week. What do you think? It's exactly why I went. Uh, I picked him too. Because like I said, I didn't really know much, too much about him coming into that match. Uh, uh, but then he tore up Mueller. So. Yeah. I mean, before – if Camacho had lost to Mueller – Right, even if it was like a two-one match or whatever, I'm still picking Patel. Right, I'm I'm picking Patel if 
anything but what happened, what happened, happened. Um, yeah. Patesville is a, is a great wrestler. He's been solid for Lehigh. Um, 21-3 on the season. Could easily win this match. Uh, but I, I got to go with the red-hot Jacob Camacho coming in off a win over national finalist Jack Mueller. Uh, that's really got to do something to your self-esteem as a tr- true freshman. Um, is he a true freshman or a redshirt freshman? Uh, I think he, I think he might be a true freshman. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So either either way, as a freshman coming into the national tournament, you're coming in fresh off a win over the returning finalist. So if that doesn't give you a little bit of bump, extra bump, and like I can win this, um, I don't know what does. So yeah, I got Camacho over Patel there, um, same as you. And then at the end, you got Pat Glory um, and Killian Cardinal. Uh, from Old Dominion again, and what do you think happens here? I think uh, Glory can definitely uh, open it up on Cardinal and easily wins this match. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I honestly think it's another Glory Tech fall. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think to this point, we have Lee and Glory both with two Tech Falls. Yeah. Um, cool. And so now we're to the quarterfinals, right? So quarterfinal matches – Um, you win the quarterfinals, you're in the semifinals, you're automatic All-American. So starting back up at the top, we've got Lee versus D'Agostino. Tell me how you see this one turning out. Uh, I definitely got Lee, but uh, I think these guys wrestled at Big Tens, didn't they? Uh Um, Do you remember what the score was? Um, No, I don't, but... I don't, I don't remember either. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I just think Lee is obviously on a different level than everyone else in this bracket. And I think he'll, uh, I think he pretty handily can, uh, beats the Augustino probably. I'll go with a major. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I'm actually, I'm even going to pick a, a tech. Um, I, I don't see a whole lot of guys in this bracket that are, out of reach for a tech for Spencer Lee. Um, he's been wrestling like a man possessed this year. And I, I, I see no reason why that stops um, before you hit the top four guys. So I'm going to go ahead and say Spencer Lee by tech follower Diagostino. Um, I don't think Diagostino, even with the great year he's had this year, I don't see him stopping all the tilts. Um, so I'm going to pick Lee over Diagostino by tech fall. They didn't uh, wrestle at uh, Big Tens. They didn't. Nah, he was. He only had Spencer only had three matches. He wrestled uh, Medley, Schroeder, or uh, Aguilar, Schroeder, Aguilar, Medley, and Schroeder. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, speaking of Schroeder, jumping down to Schroeder, uh, we've got him and Jack Mueller in the quarterfinals. And right here, this was one that I really did go back and forth on. Um, again. There would be no doubt in my mind if we hadn't seen the ACC finals last week. Um, but with with what happened there, combined with you know Schroeder looking as good as he's looked, um, I I could really see an upset here. Um, and I really really went back and forth and back and forth and and I tried to talk myself into it, but at the end of the day, I just I couldn't do it, and so I went with Jack Mueller. Um, you know. It, it's really hard not. It's really hard to pick against Mueller um, for anybody except for Spencer Lee. So I got Jack Mueller making it to the semifinals to set up the rematch of the finals last year at Spencer Lee. How about you? I'll agree with uh, everything you said. Just uh, Schroeder 
it also like you said against uh, Mueller when Mueller Warner I th- depends on the Mueller that we get uh if we get the Camacho uh Mueller uh could definitely be a Schroeder win if we get the Mueller that we're used to seeing and I definitely got Mueller and that's who I picked yeah, and we even we saw this match, right? We saw this match at Vegas in the finals at the beginning of the year. Um, and I don't remember the exact score, but I know it was like a like a two point match. Um, and so these Schroeder definitely can hang with Mueller, um, but we both picked Mueller. So moving down to the bottom, here's where again we kind of we had different guys, um, but we ended up having the same result either way. Uh, both of us have Piccinini clear in the quarterfinals, making the semis. Um, I have him beating Kolioko, whereas you have him beating Hildebrandt. Um, do you see any potential for a trip up for pitch? Uh, no. I think he's I think he's uh, going to beat uh, – I got Hildebrandt uh, pretty handily, and I think, he, I think he's in a pretty good spot in that bracket because even having uh, the six-seed Hildebrandt, I think he still beats him pretty easily. So that's what yeah. I got. Yeah, I agree. And so, like, you know, I, I had Kolioko, but I still think that the same way as you. I mean, either way, uh, Pitch kind of moonwalks through that match and, and makes it the semis and, and becomes an All-American again. Um, but after that, we jump down to the bottom. And this, is a, this is an interesting one because um, we got Jacob Camacho versus Pat Glory. Um, I don't think these guys have ever met, but – you know, you can't ever judge somebody's matches off of, you know, other stuff that's happened, right? But um, have – no, they haven't met either. I don't know. I just – you know, when it when it comes down to it, Pat Glory's been wrestling fantastic all year. Um, and Jacob Camacho caught fire, but I think that Pat Glory extinguishes that fire. Uh, and so I think Pat Glory beats Camacho probably by a major decision. What about you? Yeah, I'll have to agree with you. I think um, Camacho's been on fire and uh real strong freshman. I think uh, Gloria beats him by pro- probably major. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. So that sets up our semifinals in the 125-pound bracket. Um, we have at the top Spencer Lee versus Jack Mueller. Um, and actually our seeds went chalk, right? So we got Spencer Lee, Jack Mueller, Nick Piccinini, and Pat Glory. Um and, and I, I don't – I hate being the guy that picks everything chalk, right? I like to try to pick yeah. upsets. But here, it, I think it's really – you're really hard-pressed to pick upsets for the semis uh, or to get to the semis. I think these are the top four dudes. Um, and, you know, there, there's, there's only a couple guys that could really say anything else about it. Um, but at the top, Spencer Lee, Jack Mueller returning – NCAA finalists uh, rematch of a great final last year that Spencer Lee kind of controlled. Um, it was, you know, like a, it was a lower score, maybe like a five Oh or something like that. Uh, but it, uh, you know, it was very well controlled by, by Spencer Lee. Um, what do you see happening in this match? Uh, I think uh, Spencer beats him controlled like last year. And I think he, I think he, he might be able to get a major, uh, like we said, it depends on the Mueller we get. But I think even if we have a, a Mueller we're used to seeing, like the better Mueller will say, I think he can. he's still capable of getting a major. But uh, I'll stick with like a five or six-point decision to, if I had yeah. a, I'm moment. actually – I'm going to go 
I'm going to go kind of, kind of different here. Uh, I'm picking Spencer Lee to win, um, but I'm going to say that Spencer Lee majors Jack Mueller and Jack Mueller gets riding time. So weird way to, to, to do that. But what I'm, what I'm thinking here is that, um, you know, I don't think Spencer Lee has any kind of gas tank issues, but I do think that I've seen him in the third period kind of like let off the gas a little bit, not saying he's tired, but just saying like, I got this and, and whatever. Like he, he didn't do that yeah. very often, but that's what he did against Medley when he didn't get the bonus points. Um, so I'm seeing Spencer Lee, you know, get a couple of takedowns, a couple of turns, um, getting ahead by a good, good bit. Um, and, end up winning by like eight or nine points. Um, but I see maybe a Jack Mueller getting on top in the third period and maybe riding out the end of the, the period, trying to get a take, trying to get a turn. So I'm going to say a, a major decision for Spencer, um, but somehow Jack comes out with a uh, riding time point. Yeah, it's very reasonable. Um, down at the bottom. I think this is honestly the, uh, this is honestly the biggest match of the tournament for me. Um, not, not obviously it's not for the national title, but I think it's the the match that everybody's excited to see because we don't know which way it could go. Right. Even, even a Lee pitch or a Lee glory, like we know Lee's probably going to win. Right. Um, pitch glory is, is different because pitching any, you know, everybody remembers that glory beat pitch last time. Right. Um, and, and this is where we actually differ right? You picked glory. I picked pitch. Um, but if you go back and look at it, they've wrestled four times and pitching has won three out of four. Um, so this is maybe a little bit of recency bias for a lot of people. Um, and even for me at first I picked glory. Um, and then I kind of went back and looked at it and was like, man, three out of four. Uh, is this what you, is this what you said you changed? Yeah. Yeah. So originally when I sent you my bracket, I had glory. Um, and then I just thinking about it and thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I've seen them wrestle like three or four times and Glory's only won once. And so, you know, I ended up going back and, and picking pitch because I just think that three out of four is kind of hard to pick against. Um, and you know, as good as pitches looked and, and honestly, this was really hard for me to do. Uh, really hard for me to write Piccinini's name down here because I really like Glory. I'm a big fan of Glory. And at the same time, um, do you remember Pitch's freshman year against Thomas Gilman? Tell him he's going to see him at NCAAs. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, so, you know, obviously both of us are big Iowa fans. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't let that affect my picks. Um, but uh, I – I have not liked Nick Pitch in any since then. You know, I was a huge Gilman fan. And, like, I remember when he said that to him, I was like, seriously, dude? Like, I had the same thoughts as Gilman. Like, you don't want to see him again. <laughs> like, you really don't. It wasn't even close. It was a major decision. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was kind of hard for me to, to ever pick Nick Pitch in any. But, uh, but I'm going to go with Pitch because of the, the three to four – or three to one in the, the wins column. Um, so – what why why'd you pick glory like you said it was probably it's this is going to be one of the biggest matches of the tournament just because you have no idea which way it's going to go i think if you ask 100 people who uh 
he'd win this match. I think it'd be pretty close to 50-50 just because yeah. I think I I think I picked Glory just kind of maybe a little bit of that recency bias, like you said. Uh, but, I mean, he he uh, beat him the last time they wrestled, and uh, Glory's been pretty dominant this year, getting quite a few tech falls and uh, a lot of bonus points. So uh, I guess that's kind of why I took him. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I could I could see it going either way. Um, and like I said, when, if this match were to have happened, um, I would have been pulling for, for Pat Glory. Um, I love everything Princeton's got going on, and uh, I would have been pulling for him hardcore. But, uh, yeah, I picked Pitch, you picked Glory. In the finals, doesn't matter. Either way, we both got Spencer Lee. Um, he's going to run out to the Pokemon theme song and put the beat down on whoever stands in front of him. Um, how do you see? How do you see your finals going against Glory? Uh, against Glory, I'll say uh, I think it's a close match. I think it's like two, three point match. I think uh, Glo- I think Glory is able to keep it close, kind of like the Mueller match last year, a controlled match, but uh, kind of a, a close score, but uh, controlled match for Spencer. Yeah. So I can see two things. When I vision, when I close my eyes and I vision Spencer Lee versus Nick Piccinini for me, I see two things happening. I see either a major decision um, where it's, you know, it's like a, a 9-1, 10-2, like really, really close major decision where, you know, Spencer, you know, gets a couple sets of back points and, and just kind of rides to a victory. Um, or I can really see Spencer Lee just – blowing the doors off and getting a pin against Nick Piccinini to kind of seal the seal. the. There's not a rivalry here, but you know, we all remember pitch pinning him um, at Gallagher Iba. And so I can really see Spencer going out there with a little bit of extra oomph and, uh, and pinning Nick Piccinini in the finals. And I think that would be extremely fun to watch. Yeah. He uh, dominated him pretty well in the duel this year. Yeah. Um, but there it is, 125. We both got Spencer Lee winning. Um, and, and just a little, um, we, we don't have the visual for you, uh, but just a little bit on the on the backside for me, <clears throat> my blood round matchups. I had uh, Schroeder beating Patzel, and then I had Diagostino taking out Hildebrandt, uh, Camacho taking out Werner, and Schwarm taking out Kolioko. Um, and then, you know, through there, I got Schroeder over Diagostino, Schwarm over Camacho, um, Piccinini over Schroeder, and then uh, Schwarm over Mueller. I ended up taking Schwarm over. So where we differed on the backside um, is we both had the, the, the Schwarm-Camacho uh, matchup um, in the – you know, the, the match right after the blood round to where they're, they're both all Americans, right? But the loser goes for seventh. Um, and you ended up taking Camacho. Um, and I took Schwarm, right? So why'd you, why'd you take Camacho over Schwarm? I think kind of just what we've been talking about this uh, whole show so far, just uh, Camacho's been on fire and uh, just that, that uh, domination of over uh, Mueller was just stuck in my head. and Kind of. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I can see, and you, did you end up taking Camacho to, to beat Mueller again? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you got Camacho and pitch in the third place match. Yeah. I got pitch beating Camacho for third. 
Cool. And I got, uh, I got Schwarm beating Camacho and then I got Schwarm taking out Mueller. Um, Schwarm's just looked super good this year. You know, like we said, pinning everybody and, uh, uh, you know, Jack Mueller, I think senior season, um, losing in the semifinals. I think you, you could definitely see a, a, a semi slide there. Um, so I got Schwarm taking out Mueller. Um, and then I got, uh, you know, my, my all Americans in order, <clears throat> Spencer Lee, uh, I got, Nick Piccinini, um, and then I got. Hold on, wait. Oh, I didn't. I didn't redo this. Um, so instead of Pitch getting third, uh, I had Pitch getting second. I had uh, Glory getting third, um, but I had Spencer Lee first, Nick Piccinini second, and then Pat Glory, Jacob Schwarm, Jack Mueller, uh, Schroeder, Camacho, and Diagostino. Uh, who'd you have? I had uh, Spencer, uh, Glory, Pitch, Camacho, Mueller, Schroeder, Schwarm, Diagostino. Cool, cool, man. Before uh, we uh, move on to 133 real quick, I just want to mention these uh, matches before the blood round. They were unbelievable. Like, you, like, well, at least what I had set up was Aguilar over – or Pato over Aguilar, Medley over uh, Kalioko, Warner – Werner over Mackle and uh, Schwarm over Courtney. Like those are just some great matches on the backside for even the blood round. Yeah, yeah, they really are. And then you got guys losing in the blood round, um, like Patzel, Hildebrandt, Werner, Kolioko. Yeah, like the, those are the guys I had losing in the blood round. Those are those are all definite All American contenders. Um, and, and so this was this ended up being a really good tournament uh, when I wrote it all out. Um, I didn't think that it was going to be as good as it was, honestly. But uh, but there's our 125. Um, we are actually we'll, we'll post this visual on our social media so that you guys can check it out and comment and let us know what you guys think. Um, but that's 125. So we're gonna jump to 133 next. Um, so jumping to 133, right? A lot of purple in this one. A lot of purple, right? Purple is showing our uh, our differences that we got on here. Um, so here's my bracket real quick just so you can see it for a few seconds. And there is Dyson's. Right. So um, we were we were on yours last time, so we're going to get back to mine because I'm driving this thing. But uh, we uh, – oh. 133 has been crazy all year. We were all excited to see how it ended up going. Um, that's the one I'm most bummed about not being able to see happen. Um, but whatever, it, it happens. Get over it. Uh, well, we'll go through the first round a little bit quicker than we did last time because you know it's more fun talking about the later matches. Uh, but in the first round, uh, Sebastian Rivera, Casey Cobb, um, that's a sea bass one for me. How about you? Yep. Bass. Yep. Next, we got Taylor Lamont, Anthony Madrigal. Um, this is actually our first difference of the bracket. I picked Taylor Lamont, and Dyson has Anthony Madrigal. Um, they, they're very, very close. I think it's a 16 and 17 seed here. Uh, Madrigal's 21 and 9. Lamont, 17 and 7, coming, coming back kind of late. He originally was Olympic redshirting um, and, and pulled it and came back. What do you, how did you pick this match? Uh, I just picked Madrigal because uh, I think he's been uh, pretty dominant this year. And uh, 
uh, coming in with a 21-9 record. Uh, I think he was uh, pretty consistent, pretty tough. Uh, I had to go with him over Lamont. Yeah. I think my my reason I pick Lamont um, is, is just because he's kind of been around and he's a proven guy. Um, he's been a, a round of 12 guy, not not an All-American, um, but he's been been close. Um, and he's certainly an All-American caliber wrestler uh, when he shows up and wrestles his best. Uh, so I ended up picking Lamont. Um, you know, it, it could go either way. But I got Lamont winning the match. Yeah, uh, I really – I really thought about that one. I think I might have even had a uh, Lamont written down at uh, at first, and then switch it. Yeah. Um, and then the next one we got Noah Noah Gosner, um, which they actually finally corrected his name. They his name was Gonzer for like two years. Oh, I thought his name was Gonzer. Yeah. No, it's apparently Gosner. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, number nine. Gosner and number 24, Todd Small of Iowa State. Todd Small is another Georgia guy. Um, I got got a special place in my heart for Georgia boys. But uh, unfortunately, I, I can't give him the win here. Uh, Gosner's been pretty good over the last couple of years. Um, that Campbell program that's really been thriving down there um, went with Kerry Collette um, until he, he left recently. I think um, they, uh, they, has, uh, they had someone take over today. Uh. I'll Did check they? real quick. Yeah, I'll check real quick to see who it was. I saw it on Twitter before we hopped on. Yeah, let me know who that was. But uh yeah, that 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 actually will be a good match. I mean, Todd Small is first of all, the flow guys always joke about it. He is not small, right? Todd Small cuts down from like probably two hundred and eighty pounds, who knows? Um, but he's huge for one thirty three. And so that's a good match right there. But I think Gosner has just been uh one of the one of the guys that's been knocking on the door trying to break through to being elite. Um, and so I, I got Gosner one in that match. The uh, person that took over at Campbell is Scotty Sentes or Sentes. Oh yeah, Sentes. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. That, that'll be that's a good hire for them. Um, I was kind of. What'd you think about Colette leaving? I. Uh, it's kind of weird because I mean he he built up that program so much and like uh, and uh, I mean they went from pretty much nothing now like if someone says Campbell Camels you know who they are and stuff, but uh, he really built up the program and then kind of just left. So it was kind of, it's kind of weird to build it up and then leave. You got all them uh, recruits coming in, probably just to wrestle for for the fact of wrestling for Kerry Collette. And then I just suck to be recruiting and not even be able to wrestle for him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually got to talk to uh, I got a family friend um, that uh, just finished up his senior year down in Georgia and he's a two time state champ down in Georgia. He was hurt his freshman and sophomore year, didn't get to wrestle and then won it his last two years. It was just a bad dude. Um, and just committed to Campbell like a month ago. Um, so I need to talk to him and see if he knows anything. Um, but yeah, that kind of surprised me because my thoughts with that was like you said, like when he took over Campbell, he kind of jumped in and just, Nobody knew who the heck Campbell was, and he built that thing up, and they were good. I mean, they were, like, you know, pushing top five good this year. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely like a top ten team. And so I thought the only reason that Colette would leave is if he got a big ten job, right? Yeah. And I definitely didn't see him leaving for Navy, but, you know, that's that's why he's Kerry Colette, and I'm not. Uh, he knows a lot, of, a lot of things about wrestling that I don't. But – uh Good for him. Uh, I'm hoping he's happy and that he does well up there with, with the midshipmen. 
But uh, yeah. So you got Gosner or, or Todd Small? I got Gosner. Uh, Small's cool. a Small's a tough guy, but I think Gosner gets him. Yeah. Uh, next we got Jack Skudlarski, I think, um, and Montori Bridges. Uh, Montori Bridges here all day. Yeah. And then number five against number twenty-eight. Roman Bravo Young versus Colin Girardi. Um, Girardi's actually a really good dude over there for the Hokies. Um, he's been having a pretty good year, uh, yeah, fourteen and eleven. But but he's he's had some good matches with some some tougher guys. Um, expect that match to to start off, you know, kind of tough for RBY. Uh, but RBY eventually is going to open that match up and, and get bonus points. Yeah, uh, like you said. Uh... Girardi's been uh, tough for the Hokies this year, but uh, RBY is definitely just on another level. Yeah. Um, after that, Derek Spann, Devin Turner. Um, we actually have a difference here. So you picked Devin Turner from Oki State or Oregon State, sorry, um, and I picked Derek Spann out of Buffalo. Um, I picked Derek Spann uh, because I believe he's a senior, right? He's either a junior or senior. He's been around for a long time, um, and he's been really good for Buffalo. He's 23 and five. Uh, yeah. I, I think that he's got a, that 21 that just because of his, where he's wrestling, right. He hasn't had any really big significant wins. Um, but Derek Spann's a really good wrestler. He, he had a close match with Seth gross earlier in the season. Um, and has looked good for most of his career. He's kind of one of those guys, um, you know, in sports, like, you know, in the NBA, a guy that comes to, to mind is Haslam for the Heat. Uh, I remember Haslam was, like, always that guy that was on the Heat that was never, like, the star, but was always just kind of, you know, that veteran that was hanging around that, that did really good. Um, that's that's kind of who I think of when I think of Derek Spann. Uh, and so I, I picked Derek Spann to, to beat Devin Turner. I remember playing 2K with Haslam. Yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of like that, that rough veteran that, you know, always does well. You can count on him for like 10 points or something. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Why'd you pick Turner? Uh, I just think I picked Turner just been, um, more consistent this year. Just, uh, maybe a little bit more, uh, dominant. Uh, that's why I think I picked him in, uh, Oregon state, uh, while we're talking about the coaches, uh, I think they they fired Zaleski, didn't they? Or did he? Yeah. Or did... Yes, he was fired. I have no idea who, who's going to end up there. Who knows? Um, I'm hearing uh, like I hear I keep hearing Adam Hall get thrown around. Um, you know, he wrestled for Boise State, so over there out west, um, I could see that being a really good one. I've been to the NC State camps, uh, and I even worked for NC State wrestling for a summer, and I've been around Adam and. He he's definitely a, a head coach uh, caliber guy. Um, he's very intense. He's he's a very good technician. He showed my kids a lot of stuff at the camps, and um, I could definitely see him taking over a program like Oregon State. So I'm kind of pulling for a guy like him to take that job. Yeah, uh, Hall's one of them. I think I must think I heard uh, Esposito maybe being thrown around around as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but the next one, we actually have another difference in this first round. Um, we got number 13, Tim Moody out of Kent State. He's 26 and 9. He's taking on number 20, Louis Hayes out of Virginia, who's 21 and 11. 
Um, you picked Rooney. Why'd you pick Rooney? Um, I think I just went with Rooney because, uh, like I said, uh, most of the other guys are uh, more consistent, coming in higher seed, a uh, little bit better record. Uh, I think that's just that's probably why I picked him. Yeah, so I, I ended up picking Louis Hayes. Um, Louis Hayes, he's 11 losses, right? So he's had some – he's dropped some that I don't think he should have. Um, but he he's had some really good wins. And a lot of those Virginia guys have been kind of like – Except for Mueller, there's a lot of dudes on that team that have been really trying to break through that just kind of haven't been there. Um, and I feel like that's where Hayes is at. Um, but, you know, Hayes made the ACC finals last week against Philippi uh, and held his own and, you know, had a really good match. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to pick the, the Cavalier to win this match here. Uh, but Yeah, I think I went back and forth on that match. I wasn't, uh, wasn't yeah. sure. I think I was thinking Hayes, um, but then I ended up picking Rooney in the – end yeah um but actually jumping down next we speaking of philippi we got number four philippi and number 29 cody russell um cody russell has has wrestled very well for app state um another one of my georgia boys he he's looked really good unfortunately so has mickey philippi and mickey philippi is is long and lanky and and tough on top and and uh and he's gonna be too much for cody russell yeah, I'm thinking the same thing as well. I think uh, just Philippi beats him pretty pretty handily, controlled uh, controlled win. Maybe not bonus, but uh, definitely a controlled uh, decision. Yeah. Uh, and jumping down through the bottom, uh, Chaz Tucker of Cornell versus DJ Feldman of, of Lockhaven. Um, I got Chaz Tucker winning that match. How about you? Yeah, Feldman's tough, but definitely got to pick Tucker. Uh, Hodge finalist. Yeah. Um, and then next, number 19, Alan Hart of Missouri. Number 14, Ridge Lovett. Um, Hart's been good. He's wrestled some, some guys pretty tough. But uh, at the end of the day, Ridge Lovett, freshman from Nebraska, has, a, has, has the great equalizer. He has that, that really good top game, right? He's given a lot of the top guys real, a lot of problems. Um, and, and so, you know, he was able to ride Seth Gross. He was able to ride Austin DeSanto. Um, and so I can definitely see him and beating Alan Hart. And I actually have him run, making a little bit of a run through the tournament. Yeah, so. I saw that. I'm looking at that right now. I was like, wait a second. He's got to love it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that one next round. But uh, but who you got, love it or Hart? Definitely love it. He's been tough this year and uh, kind of made me mad. Uh, virtual NCAAs had a uh, love it beating DeSanto. So. Hey, you never know. They, he must, they must have had him beating Tucker, too, and then beating DeSanto. Cause yeah. Jesus, they must, they must love it. Yeah, the next match. Uh, it's actually a pretty good one right here. Cameron Sikora of North Dakota State, 17-4 uh, on the season. He's the number 11 seed um, versus the number 22 seed, Reese Whitcraft of o Oklahoma State, is 18-10. and 10. Um, Whitcraft has had a really good year, um, and, and I think that he's a guy that, that could kind of push through and be an All-American uh, contender maybe in the later years of his career. Um, just, just not right now. Um, and, and Sycora kind of a crafty veteran has been around for a little bit and, uh, I see Sycora taking this one. Yeah, I got, uh, I got Sycora as well. I think, uh, Wickcraft is a young guy. Uh, I think he's a real funky wrestler and, uh, he's a wild card. He, he I think he pinned a couple guys in a lat drop earlier in this year. Yeah. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him come out with a win here, but I think Sycor is just uh, a little bit on a 
little bit higher level, and I think he gets the win. Yeah. Um, cool. So I got in, in this next round, you've got Austin DeSanto, Jarrett Trombley. Um, Trombley at NC State um, kind of has almost had as good of a year as, uh, as Jacob Camacho at NC State. Um, they both had some, some big wins this year. Um, I think NC State's pretty set at the lightweights. You know, moving forward, they got two freshmen that are that are great. Um, and you know, unfortunately for Trombley, he's running into uh, the buzzsaw round one. Austin DeSanto, who's going to rip his arm off and um, run around him for periods on end. Um, he's going to man. I I really would hate to wrestle Austin DeSanto. That like, would suck. That that's one that I I feel like I would want to know how it feels, but I feel like two minutes into wrestling DeSanto, you're like, no, never mind, uh, get me out. <laughs> it's like it's like going to a cage wrestling a bear. Yeah. And like like go in for a minute, get twenty five bucks, and you go in, and you're like, oh wait, yeah, I don't want to do this. Yeah, like the cage closes, you're like, uh, guys, never mind, I don't, I want out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, but DeSanto wins this match. Um, pretty easily for me. Yeah, I got that. Too. I got that as well. Cool, cool. Then we got uh, number seven, Zach or uh, Travis Piotrowski and Zach Trampy of Binghamton. Um, Trampy is twelve and three on the season. He's the number twenty six seed. Uh, but Piotrowski has, has been very good for the Illini, uh, bumping up to one thirty three this year from one twenty five. Uh, I see him taking out Trampy uh, with relative ease. Yeah, kind of like you said, uh, Trampy's tough, but I think Piotrowski takes him out relatively easy. Yeah. Uh, and next one, actually a, a good match that I, I would like to have seen happen. Uh, number 23, Jamie Hernandez of UNC, and uh, number 10, Sammy Alvarez of Rutgers. Um, Hernandez is 16 and 10. Uh, Alvarez is 26 and 10. Alvarez, I've got Alvarez winning this match just because he's wrestled fantastic this year and he's really hung with some of the top guys and really given a bunch of dudes some close matches. Um, but Jamie Hernandez had a really good freestyle season last year. Um, I think that he's a guy that definitely could be an All-American threat. He just has to put together his folk style. Um, I think if we wrestled freestyle in college, we're really talking about Hernandez a lot more. Um, but unfortunately for him, is folk style and so right here i got alvarez moving on yeah uh i got alvarez as well just looking at alvarez there it's crazy to see that he has a 26 and 10 record just that's what happens when you're uh in the big 10 schedule he's not quite on the level with uh guys, guys like gross DeSanto and them so he's losing all them guys so he's got that many losses because he got them each a couple times but yeah. like you said i got alvarez and uh Hernandez is really, uh, like you said, um, freestyle guy. I th think it would really benefit benefit him if uh, college was uh, freestyle. But I got Alvarez. Yeah, I mean he's you know he's seated number ten, so he's not seated all American. But I actually have him all American, and I think I'd, you do too, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, but after that, Musha Schwartz and uh, Nick Faro of Le Musha Schwartz of Northern Colorado and Nick Farah of Lehigh. Um, you know, underrated match, probably a pretty good one there. Um, but I got Schwartz getting the win. How about you? I do as well, Schwartz. Cool, cool. Moving down to the end, Seth Gross, the number two seed. Um, he's wrestling Andrew Martin of Central Michigan. Uh, pretty easy win for Gross here. 
Yeah. Good deal. Uh, moving on to the next round, starting back up at the top. Um, we have Sebastian Rivera, Taylor Lamont. Um, again, Lamont's been kind of a crafty veteran, been around, uh, been around a 12 guy. Uh, but Sebastian Rivera, uh, you know, he, he's in that big four this year um, and arguably at the top of the big four. Um, so Sebastian Rivera. Yeah, I had a mad girl beating Lamont, but still same result. Uh, I think Rivera, I think he gets bonus on him. I think he'll major him. Uh, he was kind of, like you said, he's in that, definitely in that top four, uh, arguably, on the to- arguably on the top of that top four. And just, it was kind of underestimated coming to Big Tens because he, he didn't wrestle all season. So other than uh, Midlands was really the only time he had a, uh, one of these other top four guys. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, taking Rivera in this one over uh, Madrigal or Lamont. Yeah. Yep. And then jump it down. We've got the eight and nine seed. We've got Montori Bridges and Noah Gosner. Um, this is this is another one we disagree on. Um, I have Gosner winning this match, and you have Bridges. Uh, so what did you see with Bridges? I think uh, Bridges is more of a – I think he's – He's a real explosive wrestler, uh, kind of fast, and uh, he's another one of guys like kind of like Whitcraft, kind of kind of a wild card. Uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, Bryce Meredith, uh, when you think um, Bridges, Wyoming, kind of yeah, uh, maybe like a little bit of a scrambler, and uh, I think he's just a little bit more consistent. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, well, I did go with Bridges over Gonzer. Yeah, and uh, you know it makes sense. Bridges is an All American, yeah. um, and, and so. Gosner's not, and I really had a hard time with this one. Uh, but at, you know, at the end of the day, for me, I've seen Bridges lose matches he shouldn't, um, especially like in the NCAA tournament. It's kind of looked to me like Bridges maybe loses kind of early a lot of the time, um, and then really is like a, a backside warrior. Um, but I, I just. I've seen Gosner like consistently be right there with those top guys um, wrestling great and just kind of have matches get away from him. Um, I, I think that this Campbell program is really peaking right now. Um, and I think that he really turns it on and finally gets him a, a signature win um, and takes out returning or maybe not returning. Was Bridges an all American last year? I'm not sure. I think, I think he might've been uh, anyways, takes out, all-American Montori Bridges. I got Gosner moving on to set up a matchup with Sebastian Rivera in the quarterfinals, um, and you got Bridges. After that, going down, um, I got Roman Bravo Young against Derek Spann. Um, and again, you have Roman Bravo Young against Devin Turner. Um, either way, we both got RBY. Yeah. Right? Yeah, RBY is too much for either of those guys. Um, He's kind of a crazy wrestler all over the place, and, and I don't see a whole lot of people able to stop that. Um, so RBY moving on to the quarterfinals. Uh, and then the next round, again, you have Tim Rooney um, against Mickey Phillippe, and I have Louis Hayes against Mickey Phillippe. Another situation where we both got Mickey Phillippe either way. Yep. Um, so that sets up a quarterfinal of Roman Bravo Young versus Mickey Phillippe. Now uh, here. Down here is where we talk a little bit with uh, Talker and Love It. Yeah, go ahead. Get started. All right. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't underestimate uh, Love It at all. I think he's, uh, like I said, uh, he, uh, 
almost beat the Santa a couple times. Uh, he's hung with them top guys, but uh, you taking him over a Hodge finalist, uh, Chad's Tucker or Cornell undefeated this year? I am. I am. I am uh, ending uh, Chaz Tucker's uh, win streak at 32 and 0. Uh, it's going to go to 32 and 1 right here because um, Ridge Lovett is going to take out Chaz Tucker right here um, and make it to the quarterfinals. Ridge Lovett. So the reason I picked this match is because Ridge Lovett's been kind of trending up, right? He, he's looked really good this year. He, he's been able to ride these top guys. Um, you know, he was really close with DeSanto, almost beat him. Um, and I went back and I looked at, at Tucker, um, and you know, I looked on WrestleStat, you know, shout out to WrestleStat. These guys are awesome over there. Um, they got all the best stats to you. If you need wrestling stats, go to WrestleStat. Um, but I went back and looked at that. And the big thing that jumped off the page at me when I looked at it, um, uh, was first of all, my knowledge of who Chaz Tucker has been wrestling right? The toughest guy Chaz Tucker's wrestled this year is Montori Bridges. Tough guy, right? But not one of the top, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so he beat Montori Bridges twice, but I, my big number that jumped out to me is a 9% bonus rate, right? A guy that's yeah. 31 and 0 should not be at 9%, right? It should be at least like 30, at least. Yeah, I yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. And so that jumped out at me and I was like, wait a minute. And so I started looking through all his wins and, you know, obviously he's undefeated. So he's won them all, but you know, there's several guys in there that are like not even all American threats that it's like sudden victory, you know, three to two, two to one with all these guys that are like not there yet. Right. And so when I saw that, I was like, cool. I, I feel completely okay with picking the freshman that has ridden the tar out of people. Um, I think that love it gets on top um, and I can see a turn. Um, and, and so I, I see Ridge love it sneaking away with a, a close win, but I can see, um, you know, if I see all these, these other guys hanging real tight one point matches with Chaz Tucker, um, I can definitely see a guy like Ridge love it taking him out. Yeah. Uh, I, I you per, uh, persuaded me a little bit more, even telling me them stats. I guess the reason why I picked uh, Tucker just, I guess my lack of research uh, didn't really didn't really know much about him uh, other than that he was undefeated in the Hodge finalist. But when you're uh, 31 and 0, and best guy you've wrestled is Montori Bridges, and only a nine percent bonus rate, it's not that good. So I'd like to see Cornell come to some of the bigger tournaments. Like they do go to, do they go to Cliff Keen? Yeah. Yeah, they do go there. Yeah, he wrestled Montori in the finals there. Yeah, but I wish uh, I wish I'd go to places like maybe maybe Midlands or something like that. Get uh, get some of these top guys like Gross DeSanto and uh, Rivera. Yeah, that'd be cool. And this, but, especially uh, next year because Cornell's gonna be stacked. But you're sticking with Tucker. Oh yeah, I got Tucker. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I got Tucker. Well, right. I guess we'll never. I guess we'll never find out though because it won't happen. So it's not like we'll never know. Yeah. Um, but after that, you got Cam Sycora versus Austin DeSanto. I don't got a whole lot to say here. Austin DeSanto. DeSanto. Yeah. Uh, next one, Travis Piotrowski, Sammy Alvarez. Um, Piotrowski is the seven seed. Sammy Alvarez is the 10. 
Um, I think Piotrowski has been given, like, gifted the seventh seed. Um, you know, 26 and four. I mean, he's good record, um, but I don't really see any signature wins. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good guy. He's obviously a really good wrestler. He's an all American threat, but um, I really, I really, really like Sammy Alvarez. I think that he's had a fin- fantastic year. I went back and, and actually, I went back and watched him and the him and Gross wrestle again this this morning. Um, and actually, I'll save it till next round because they're about to wrestle each other. But uh, whew, man, that was a good match. Uh, yeah. Uh, good. No, you're good. Good. Uh yeah, like you said, this Piotrowski Alvarez match is a good one. Uh I th- looking at Russell's tie right now, I think uh I think the well actually the one of the reasons that Piotrowski might have got that seven seed is because he, he beat uh Alvarez five three at uh at Big Tens. It must have been for third or maybe no, it would have been for fifth. He beat uh Piotrowski beat Alvarez five three in sudden victory for fifth, I guess. Uh according to Russell Stat, shout out Russell Stat. Uh and uh, I got Alvarez. I think he just I think Alvarez gets revenge, I guess. <laughs> I think Alvarez gets his revenge. I think he's he's looked real good and uh he just he's hanging with these top guys real close to beating him like guys like Gross and Rivera and DeSanto. So that's why I got him. Yeah, I agree. Um I think Alvarez is the guy that kinda that uh just turns it on when the lights are bright. And so I can see him taking out Piotrowski. Um, after that, the last match in this round is Musha Schwartz and Seth Gross. Um, Seth Gross wins by major decision here for me. Yep, Gross, next topic. Cool. Um, jumping back up to the top, quarterfinal round. Again, winners of the quarterfinals not only make it to the semifinals, but they're 100% confirmed All-Americans. Um, and so we've got up at the top, we've got Seabass um, taking on Gosner. Seabass uh, is going to win this this match. Major decision for me. Yeah, uh, I got Bridges, but same thing. I got probably Major as well. Yep. Um, after that matchup that I really would have loved to see um, is RBY and Mickey Phillippe. Uh, I think that Mickey Phillippe is a awesome wrestler he's a lot of fun to watch he's great on top uh, he's long and lanky so he's got these these great shots um but I, my my whole thing here is that rby has been super consistent um he he has been consistently one of the top guys um he doesn't he's one of those penn state guys that really doesn't ever let you down um they don't really regress right they always keep getting better um and I don't see any slip-ups from him here. Um, whereas Philippi, you know, is a guy that at the highest of his career, um, you know, beat Dayton Fix um, and then turns around and is the four-seed in NCAAs last year and does an AA, right? So um, with his kind of uncertainty um, and RBY's consistency, um, I'm, I'm picking RBY here. Yeah, I'll agree with what you said, uh, just RBY's consistency and uh... – Philippi's uncertainty, just uh, not All-American last year when he was definitely projected to. And uh, RBS just looked real good this year. Yeah. All right, jumping down to the bottom, you have Chaz Tucker versus Austin DeSanto. Tell me how that one plays out. I think uh, DeSanto's uh, gas tank, just uh, our motor get, just gets to him, and uh, I think he, his pace just pushes him. And uh, I think Tucker 
gets pushed to deep waters and just won't know what to do and now it gets beat by DeSanto. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, this is where I picked a different and I have Ridge Lovett versus Austin DeSanto. Um, and we've seen that match before and, and it was a really good match. It ended up with Lovett on top at the end. Um, either, I can't remember exactly, but he was either almost getting the winning takedown or um, almost getting a turn or, or something. It came down to the end and he was about to win. Um, and DeSanto was able to hold on to it. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think this one's as close. I don't see it being any kind of beatdown or anything, um, but I think DeSanto wins a pretty comfortable, you know, three, four-point match here against Rich Lovett. Yeah, I would agree with you if it was Lovett. Um, and then jumping down to the bottom, um, what do you see with the Alvarez-Gross matchup? Uh, I know this is one of your uh, favorite ones that you were most looking forward to, but – uh, I got I got Gross. I think he uh, – you were saying before we started recording, you were saying uh, Gross always wins them uh, close one, two-point matches, and uh, he, uh, he just uh, always wins them close matches. And you th- and you, you said you thought someone was going to get him eventually. But I'm thinking uh, Gross is able to hang on against uh, Alvarez again and uh, beat him once again. Not- yeah. Um, I can definitely see that happening. In fact, I pick it, right? I, I picked Gross over Alvarez. But, God, I wanted to pick it. I really wanted to pick against it. So, I I, I went back and I watched the Alvarez-Gross match this morning. Um, and it, I don't know if you've seen it at all or if you've seen it recently. Um, but both you and everybody listening, go watch that match again um, because it was awesome. I mean, literally right off the opening whistle, Seth Gross in on a low single and is like, looks like he's got Alvarez dead to rights. Alvarez locks in the crotch and rolls through and ends up getting around back for a takedown. And it's just like, holy crap, that just happened. Like Alvarez just out scrambled Gross. Um, you're like, whatever, it's not going to happen again. Um, you know, they end up wrestling. I think Gross gets a escape and a takedown or reversal or something. Um, but then again, in the third period, same thing. Seth Gross is up by like one or two points or something and is like, all right, I'm going to go get it. Same exact thing happens. Shoots in a low single, Alvarez rolls it through and gets the takedown again. And like my head exploded. I could not believe it. I was like, how is Seth Gross 0 for 2 on takedowns right now? Um, and it just, it was a crazy match and ended up at the end, Alvarez in on a shot. About to get the takedown to tie it up, um, and it just—it was an awesome match, man. There was there was a crazy scenario where uh, Alvarez rolls Gross over and puts him on his back, but it wasn't enough time for the for the back points. And then Seth Gr- or uh, Alvarez locks up a cradle and almost rolls him through, and then gets caught on his back. And there's a reversal, and then another like it was insane. Like it's just such a cool match. Um, and I didn't pick it. I picked Gross. Um, but right here is definitely the upset special of 133, if you ask me. Um, because I can see a Gross that's coming into this tournament still holding his weight together for Olympic trials in a couple of weeks. Right? We can't forget that we're not seeing optimized Seth Gross. I don't care what anybody says. Like The guy yeah. still has his mind on the Olympic trials. And so his weight is not you know, in the perfect place where he would like it. Um, and, you know, he's going to come off, you know, a, 
match with Musha Schwartz, who you shouldn't take lightly because Musha Schwartz has been having a really good year. Um, and Alvarez is the only dude, in my opinion, that has outscrambled Seth Gross this year, right? Um, DeSanto beat Gross, Rivera beat Gross, but neither one of them scrambled, right? They, they ended up getting takedowns. Um, Alvarez outscrambled Seth Gross that match and uh, got really close. And I think that if we're not seeing an optimized Seth Gross, um, we could definitely see a hungry Alvarez coming in here, riding a couple of good wins, and uh, it could happen. It really could. Um, but I didn't pick it. I picked Gross. I'm, I'm chicken. I'd say so, Gus as well. Um, all right. But then there were four, and it is the right top four, if you ask me. Um, we've got up at the top in the first semifinal, we've got Sebastian Rivera versus Roman Bravo Young. Um, we saw this one in the Big Ten finals last week. How do you see it going? Um, I think Rivera just able to get to his offense again like he did in uh, Big Ten finals. And uh, I think he beats him like a controlled like 6-3, 6-2, something like that, uh, kind of like the Big Ten score. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of matches where we see people win. Um, you know, Even like, say, Grant uh, Gross DeSanto, that very first match, right? whenever you see a match like that and you're like, Oh, that was a great match, but that could go either way next time. Right. I don't see that with Rivera from Bravo Young. Um, I think RBY is great. I think that RBY, I think RBY gets a national title at some point in his career. Um, I really do. I think he's that good, but I don't think it's now uh, because I don't see him flipping the script on, on Rivera. Um, he did get the opening takedown on Rivera, uh, but if you've listened to Rivera interviews, he basically says every time he's like, that's what I do. Like I just get taken down by everyone in the first period. It's just a thing I do. <laughs> like he's just, he's like, I'm not good at starting. Like everybody takes me down. Um, and so, and I can get that. I mean, I definitely get that. I, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but when you're out there competing, like sometimes I get to practice and like, I'll get taken down by one of my wrestlers and I'm just like, okay, now it's good time. Like it's time to actually turn this crap on now. Um, then you start hurting them. Yeah. Then you start like wearing on people. And so um, I, I don't, I don't see RBY beating Rivera. So I got Rivera making the finals. I do as well. And then down at the bottom semifinal, this is another match that took me forever to pick. My God. And so at the end of the day, it didn't even really come down to DeSanto Gross for me. It came down to when I think about this weight class, it's just like, it's kind of like a destined thing to happen that we're going to see Rivera and Gross wrestle again. Um, and I really desperately wanted to watch, or wanted to, to see DeSanto take out Gross. Um, and I even, like I said, I, I watched the, the Big Ten match again with DeSanto and Gross also. Um, and DeSanto just came after him at the end and ended up, um, he lost six to three, um, but ended up in the final seconds with both legs and trying to get around and secure the takedown um, and basically had the takedown. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's a one, two point match. Um, and, you know, DeSanto won the first one. Um, the second one was a one point match. And the third one, if that takedown, is given is also a one point match. So that was um, pretty much, uh, that was pretty much how the Midlands match ended as well. Yeah, was, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a match that goes either way. 
right? Um, and I can absolutely see a DeSanto coming out there with just relentless pace, tearing his arm off and just getting after it. Cause DeSanto just gets in on that high C like it's like he's drilling against Seth Gross. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you like, is it, is Gross just cool with it? Likes the position or is DeSanto just got a setup where he gets that high C so easily? Like, what do you think? I don't know. It, like, Especially at Carver that match, he kind of DeSanto kind of made Gross look like it. He looked like a high, made him look like a high school wrestler. Like he was taking him down so easy with that high C. Like I, I don't know if it was maybe if Gross was, uh, like work trying to stay away from the dump as much as he could, and then kind of just left his other leg open. But it was so easy for DeSanto to get that leg. He just uh, got right into it, and I think I think it might just be uh, Gross is just trying to protect himself from that dump so much that he's leaving that other side wide open. Yeah. I don't know, man, but it, you know, I, I mean, I'm watching the big 10 match back. Um, DeSanto took him down with that high C one time. And it just like, it looked like he was drilling on like a fifth grader. Like yeah. he literally just pops it and shoots that high C underneath and just cuts the corner super quick into that, like quad, like quad pod position and just take down like it was so easy um and i could see i could really see desanto winning this match um but for me you know this gross has made two straight ncaa finals he's an ncaa champion um and so i'm not picking against him yeah i got uh gross as well even in the even the, the biggest the big hawkeye fan i am i you said this one took you a while to pick i i kind of just uh this one really didn't take me a while i kind of just I thought Gross. I think after that first uh, loss to Santo, I think it looks like Gross has got him figured out. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe it might. It's not even stopping that dump, but uh, I think uh, might might just be. Uh, I don't know some other adjustments. I maybe maybe that fixing that high crotch a little bit, or just just working on uh, maybe his conditioning because that Midlands match he was even really gassed. It looked like towards the end. Yeah. So I yeah. wanted to pick it so bad. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I also also I looked at the finals and you had Gross Rivera and I had Gross Rivera and I was like, ooh, ooh, we disagree who wins here, so this would be a good conversation. Yeah. So um spoiler alert, uh I pick Sebastian Rivera to win the one thirty three national title. Um and you have Seth Gross. So who wins? Gross does. Why? No one does. No one does. There's no match. I think we all win. Well, if this happens, we if all this win. happens, <laughs> if this if this bracket happens, we all win. Yeah. No one wins right now. Um, no one. But does. March sadness. Mar- is definitely March sadness, especially especially talking about this bracket. <laughs> um, but all right, how do you see the match going? Ah, uh, I think I I think I just see think I just see gross. Um, Get into his offense, get into his uh, his uh, and I think he just he's able to he's able to work on uh, Rivera, and I think I just I don't know why I just think he's able to flip that result from uh Big Ten semis and uh get to his offense and beat him. Um, I think he, senior, I think he goes out with a bang. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it could happen. Um, for me. Uh, yeah, I see, I see Rivera getting taken down early. 
you know, like normal. I see Seth Gross shooting in on that low C and getting the takedown. Um, but I see Rivera getting out, um, not giving up any riding time. Um, and then I see Rivera kind of clicking into gear and hitting a couple of those ankle picks um, that he's known for. And, and I see it going really basically the same as the Big Ten semifinals. Um, and I just, in my personal opinion here, um, Gross has to hit a big move to win this match. Um, I, I don't see Seth Gross coming out and just picking apart Sebastian Rivera. I don't see it. Um, I, 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 just, I don't see it at all, right? I think that the match that he beat Rivera at the Midlands, he hit that big lat drop for six, right? And if you take that away, Rivera wins that match by like two or three points. Um, and, you know, we are not going to take it away because it happened, right? He, he hit that move and it well-deserved. Um, but I, I think that that's how he's got to beat Sebastian. Um, I think that Sebastian is just very technically sound and is able to, to get to the legs with ease and, and he can finish better on gross than, than RBY and DeSanto can. Um, and, and so, you know, he's pretty good on top and I don't, I don't, I think it's gotta be the Olympic weight, uh, situation, but Gross has kind of looked kind of lost on the bottom at yeah. points this year. Um, I know watching both the Alvarez and DeSanto match today, like they both rode him decently, and um, you know, that's not something we're used to seeing. And so, I, I think Rivera's better on top than both of those guys, and um. I just I, I think it could go either way for sure. I think Gross has just got to hit a big move, right? He's got to hit a cradle or he's got to hit a, a flat drop again or something where he gets, you know, four or six. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I got Sebastian Rivera winning that match. Yeah, I, I think it definitely could go either way. I think this would happen. I think the fans would definitely win. I think it'd be a great match. That would be awesome, man. I I would love to see any of those matches in the finals. Um, you know, the Hawkeye fan myself would love to see DeSanto, but, uh, you know, those. I'm interested to see how 133 shakes out next year. Cause especially with, you know, I don't know if, if all the listeners know this, um, but it, March 30th. Um, so next week, I think it's next Friday, uh, the Monday. NCAA Monday. Um, I believe so. I'll check real quick. I think it's Monday. Yeah. That was supposed to be my first track meet. I'm on quarantine calendar, man. Like, I yeah, don't know. I, I, I lost track of dates. I don't even know what day today is. So Yeah, uh, the 30th is next Monday. Okay. Um, so, on the 30th, tune in because the NCAA will be voting on whether or not uh, winter athletes will get extra eligibility. Um, I'm super pumped that they said that because they went like, like – you know, they shut the whole thing down and went radio. They shut it down. They said all the spring athletes get a year uh, for a year. And then they just radio silenced. And it was like, really? Like, you're not going to say anything about winter. You realize that all of your winter sports were right about at championship season and you just shut them down and you don't say anything about it. Like, I would have felt better if they would have just came out and been like winter sports, you don't get any eligibility. Sorry. You know, like at least I would have had like an ending, (laughs) but they just were like spring. We'll give you another year. See you guys. Like what? Okay. 
Um, but I'm really glad that they ended up, uh, they're going to do this, right? So they're going to vote. Um, I really do see them voting to give winner uh, extra eligibility um, because there, there's several people, you know, there's several guys' effects. It's not just wrestling, you know, basketball, uh, you know, whatever other sports are winter sports. There's other sports that, you know, you have seniors that were having a great year um, that have a chance to, to make, you know, the NBA or, or you know, do something great. Um, and that was taken away from them. And it, it just sucks. I mean, you got guys like Spencer Lee that could be a four-time national champion. And if they don't give extra year eligibility and he doesn't take it, um, we don't see a four-time champ, Spencer Lee. And I don't know about you, but like that hurts my heart. Yeah. Like, I, I'm okay if Spencer goes out and loses in the finals. I'm okay with it because he, that's what happens, right? You lose. But I'm not okay with you not being a four-timer because of a virus. Yeah. You know, like that blows. And so um, I really hope that they vote to give them an extra okay. year of eligibility. Uh, what, do you, what are you saying? As much as, uh, like I said, that would hurt my heart uh, for, to see Spencer not uh, be a four-timer and like guys like Lugo and Pletcher, Cullen Moore not win their first. I think yeah. I'll have to. I think I'll have to disagree with you. I don't. I don't think they. I mean, I if they would find a way for it to work, but I don't think there is. I think I. I want the guys to have an extra year, but I don't. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think because I don't think it'll work out. I don't think yeah. it's right because you got all the. You got even if you, even if you gave every college kid an extra year, you still got uh, your recruits coming in that are going to get screwed and maybe have to sit a year and then maybe you're going to have some transfers and decommits and then you, you just got a whole chaotic mess then. Also, like I, I completely acknowledge that it's going to be a mess, right? It's going to be crazy. And it's really going to – who – if everybody gets a year back, the people it's going to screw is the people that were redshirting this year, right? Um, that's who it screws. But, you know, I, in my opinion, I think – everybody deserves a shot, right? Yeah. I think everybody deserves the chance to be able to get back, right? You know, it, it it's one thing if, you know, Spencer is given an extra year and, you know, Iowa can't make it happen financially. Like that, that wouldn't happen with him. But it's one thing if that happens, right? At least there was a chance for him to come back, right? At least Iowa could make, could move stuff around and make it happen or not happen. Uh, but I would rather... Uh, and I think the college coaches would rather have the option, right? Um, and a lot of them are going to have to have hard conversations. If we get to that point, if they're able to do that, they're going to have hard conversations with, with seniors and be like, hey, man, I got no money for you to come back. Um, and, you know, that would suck. But at the end of the day, I think everybody deserves a shot. So I hope that they, they give everybody an extra year. Um, I don't think it's fair just to give seniors. Um, so. I think it's either all or nothing there, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but pay attention, March 30th, which is apparently a Monday, um, which was, is today Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Um, I, I guess it's Thursday. I don't know. Today's Thursday. So, says, so. Monday, which is basically a quarantined year away, um, <laughs> is forever. But, uh, yeah, pay attention March 30th and, and check that out. Um, we'll have, you know, all that content out there on HMA um, so everybody can see it. But 
that wraps up our 125 and 133 brackets. You want to go over? You want to oh. go over the backside of 133 real quick? Yeah, Just... yeah, absolutely. I completely forgot about that. So, who do you got? Blood round 133 on the backside. Blood round. I got Filippi over Piotrowski, uh Bridges over Lovett, Alvarez over Whitcraft. I had Whitcraft making a run, losing the first round, and then going the whole way to the blood round. Yeah. And uh, Tucker over uh, Gosman. Sweet. And then uh, you may go through the rest of my. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I got Philippi over Bridges, uh, Alvarez over – no, Tucker over Alvarez, my bad. Um, and then DeSanto over Philippi and Tucker over Barbara Young. And I had Alvarez beating Bridges for seventh, uh, RBY beating Philippi for fifth, and DeSanto beating Tucker again for third. How do you, uh, you come to Tucker over RBY? I'm interested to see how that went in your head. I was also again lack of research. I didn't know that he was. Uh, I just Hodge finalist thirty one zero. Oh, you did you not like? I'm not saying you're wrong. That could absolutely happen. I'm just interested, like how. I'm interested to see why you picked it. I just, I just thought, uh, like I just thought uh, Tucker was uh, better than him because of. Be, I just thought Hodge finalist being undefeated. I just thought that he was better. Yeah. But then I, now that you say. That he had a nine percent bonus rate, just right, uh, best competition bridges. So, I I probably would have picked uh, I probably would have picked Bravo Young if I wouldn't done that. Yeah, um, I mean we don't know. Who knows? Where East Whitcraft could be third place. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, but uh, my blood round, I had Piotrowski. Uh, or I had uh, Philippi over Piotrowski. Um, I had Tucker over Gosner. I had Alvarez over Louis Hayes, who I had making kind of a run. Um, I had uh, Bridge Lovett over Montori Bridges, um, ending Montori's hope for All-American again. Um, and then after that, I got Philippi over Tucker, uh, Alvarez over Lovett. And then in the Conso semis, I've got DeSanto over Philippi and RBY over Alvarez. Um, so if you round it out, my All-Americans are – Rivera, number one, then Gross. I got RBY taking out DeSanto for third. Philippi uh, taking out Alvarez for fifth. And then Tucker taking out Lovett for seventh. Um, so that's my my top eight, my All-Americans. Um, I got uh, Gross, Rivera, DeSanto, Tucker beating RBY for four. Or No, never mind, never mind, never mind. I got one Gross, two Rivera. Three DeSanto beating Tucker for third, five RBY beating Philippi for fifth, and Alvarez beating Bridges for seventh. Yeah, man. So we uh, this is fun, man. One twenty five, one thirty three are in the books. Um, hit us up on social media. Let us know what you thought of our bracket. Um, send us yours. Right. All we did for this is is we took a screenshot of the brackets. Um, we went into uh, Phonto, the Phonto app, um, and I put all of my my picks in here. Um, so why don't you do it yourself? Send it to us. Let us know who you got, um, and we will keep doing this. So a reminder that uh, we're going to do two weight classes every day coming out uh, until we've got all of them wrapped up. Uh, but this is it for the HMA uh, NCAA what could have been predictions. Um, this is uh, Jacob Hughley and Dyson Gould. Uh, thanks for joining me, Dyson. I'm happy to do it again tomorrow. Um, and, uh, 
and we're gonna we're gonna keep kicking butt at this thing, man. Yep, it was fun. We'll get back at one forty one and one forty nine tomorrow. Ooh, one forty nine is gonna be fun. Lugo. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. All right, man. Well, uh, we'll we'll sign this thing off, and we'll see everybody tomorrow. Yep. See ya.